You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. Get ready to take notes. A familiar and popular face and cock in the bait community, known by his username, SF Natural Muscle. Today's guest will have you questioning if you've ever really masturbated before, as he shares his journey perfecting the art of self-pleasure. Hey brother, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk a lot about masturbation, which I think a lot of people think would take about two minutes to talk about. But <laughs> but I have this huge list of stuff to cover. <laughs> it's going to take us longer than two minutes if I'm around. <laughs> yeah. So just to give a little, a little background, you are not a porn performer. You don't have a pay OnlyFans account or anything like that, correct? I do not, no. So what we're going to talk about is from the perspective of like a real person who is not an internet performer. That's right. Okay. So I became aware of you first on a website called Bait World. Can you explain to people listening what that site is all about? Yeah. So that's such a great question. So I've been a member of Bait World for, I guess, about 10 years now. When I first moved to San Francisco about 10 years ago, my best friend was driving around the city with me and he said, do you jack off? And I laughed a little bit and I looked at him sort of sideways. And I said, well, yeah, like, you know, everybody does. And he says to me, he goes, no, I mean, really jack off. And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? Like, what is the difference between jacking off and really jacking off? And he, uh, he introduced me to bait world. And so I signed on, I created a profile and really what it is, is just a brotherhood. You know, it's a community of guys. It's a website where other guys who are big time into you know, masturbation and jacking off, you know, there's a video feature there and messaging feature and profiles and videos and all that kind of stuff, a video chat. Um, so it's really just a, a place for people, like-minded people who are into masturbation and jacking off, go and interact. Is it just about exhibitionism and voyeurism or does it go beyond that? Oh, you know, it goes so far beyond that. You know, I've been a member of the site now for, like I said, for 10 years or so. And I have good, solid friendships from that site. In not, and not just internet friends, you know, like we all have internet friends that we mm-hmm. chat with or, or that we email with or we might swap videos with. But, you know, I have really good, solid friends in, in what we would call real life or real time, you know, that I've met through Bay World. So it's more than just that. And it's, it's also people who are just really into uh, masturbation or really into jacking off. It's a big part of their life. Find a lot of guys on there who are, you know, who share that passion, you know, who are really into it. What I say is a lot of people think of masturbation as just something you do just to get rid of the, the horniness or something you have to resort to when you can't get real sex. But for right. people on Bay World, it's the steak and potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, right. Like it's a, I mean, I don't want to call it a lifestyle choice, but there are some people who it isn't just, you know, sneak into the bathroom while your partner's asleep and, you know, <laughs> jack one out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, for some of us, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it really is a lifestyle. It's a really, a, it can be an art form. I love it. I've loved it since I was a teenager. 
it's fun to have other people around who are as enthusiastic and into it as I am. You said you have made friendships through the site, through through jerking off, through masturbation. Do you ever run into people in the cam room that were already friends and then suddenly there you are on, on cam together? You know, that's a great question. Maybe that's happened once or twice. Over the last 10 years, maybe that's happened, but but it's very rare. What ha- what tends to happen with me, though, is kind of the reverse. Like somebody will see me in the chat room and then they'll run into me in real life. And I can't, yeah, so I will, I can't tell you how many times that I've been in the gym. This usually happens in the gym. I'll be working out and somebody will come up to me and say, hey, you know, I've seen your video work. It's just, I love it. You know, they'll, they'll connect with you in that way in real life rather than the other way. I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think, whether I've ever known anybody in real, you know, like what we call real time or real life. And then all of a sudden I see them on bait world. I don't think that's, I don't think that's happened or I can't remember it happening. Hmm. Well, let's imagine it did. How would you react to that? How do you, how do you think you would react to that? Oh, you know, I don't, I think I would be, I think that would be great because let, let's say, I mean, because if you are on bait world, let's say, and you're in the video chat feature of bait world, right? Then automatically by definition, you both are interested in the same thing. So why would that be awkward? Right. And the other thing, too, is is that, you know, I mean, I try not to use the f- term sex positive because I think there are people who are really se- far, probably far more sex positive than I am. But, you know, masturbation for me is not something that is like this taboo subject. Like we all have to be sort of ashamed of it in some way. You know, like literally 100 percent of human beings on planet Earth jack off or masturbate. It doesn't matter what sex you are. Everybody does it. So why are we all so hung up on it? You know? mm-hmm. It's like literally we all breathe and we all eat and we all jack off. So it's strange to me that there are people out there who think it's this big taboo subject that's something to be avoided. I cam on Chatterbait and occasionally I have had people that know me come into the room and say hi. And it's oh, okay. it's totally cool with me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they want to be there and watch, then they want to be there and watch. And I enjoy putting on a show. Exactly. We talked about the exhibitionism and it goes far beyond that, but that is a part of it, right? I mean, is that part of the turn on? Yeah, for me, it it definitely is. Like I just always been a major league exhibitionist. It's super fun for me. It's, It's a real turn on. I really love it. And there are other people that I know who are big voyeurs. And I love making, you know, jack off porn videos that I post on my profile and and elsewhere. But the funny thing is, is I don't tend to watch a lot of other uh, videos. I'm so geared towards making them and less geared towards watching them. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't watch them, but I do not have that voyeuristic inclination. But the exhibitionist inclination is very strong. And yeah, so I mean, it's a big part. It's a, it's a big turn on for me, which is why I love the, the video chat feature of Bait World is awesome for that. Oh, definitely. It was funny because you and I were in the video chat room yesterday mm-hmm. and it was fun, right? Like mm-hmm. just knowing oh, yeah. that I'd be talking to you the next day. I'm sitting jacking off together. I was like, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) When you're not camming, do you often do it with a live partner? Like, do you you connect with people to do it together in real time? Yes. And and does it tend to be more of each one doing your own thing or does it become sort of a mutual thing where you're helping each other out? Well, that's a great question. It kind of depends. It varies. It's like anything sexual, right? It depends on the chemistry. And so I have, like, I have a boy who lives down in Los Angeles. One of the greatest things about that relationship 
is when I'm in person with him and I take him deep, right? What I call the outer edges of the universe, like where I really expand his mind and take him to places uh, in his bait that he just didn't even know existed and break down every barrier, very close, very personal, you know, not him doing his own thing, but me sort of like guiding him like way deeper than he's ever been verbally and physically, you know, like being right up against his grill with my hand behind his head, pulling him close to me and just talking straight into his ear, man. I've brought him to tears before and it's intense. Lucky but boy. That and the other thing too is he's like what I call a professional baiter, which is something that I'm really kind of into. So there's a whole spectrum of people's experience level. There are people who are just trying to really get into and get deeper into their own uh, masturbation. And then there are other guys who are just, they come ready to go. They're just full-blown professionals, man. They know how to stroke a cock and talk and go deep with you and, you know, do everything. And they're just fully engaged. And really, I'll, I'll be honest with you, that's kind of where I am right now in my own experience. I've kind of like, I, I jokingly tell people I've kind of retired from coaching. I'm like a, a professor emeritus now. I'm I'm a little <laughs> bit more I'm a little bit more senior and I let the guys who are like in their early 40s now do the do the teaching and so the day-to-day grunt work of teaching people how to, you know, really jack off whereas I prefer to to really connect with guys who are already there and don't really need to be taught necessarily. And the reason for that is that I I I just can go so much deeper with those guys, with the guys who are already fully formed and they don't need me to teach them anything. And I just really, really enjoy that. Your profile on Bait World, you say in it, you're a hardcore masturbator. Right. What makes, what makes you a hardcore masturbator? Well, I mean, and I, I always tell people that's a true statement. I'm a lawyer in real life, so I love to direct people and say, you know, whatever you read in my profile is a true statement. There's no shading of that. The reason I put that down there is that when I go and jack off, I mean, I, I go and just throw the cards on the table and really fuck my fist, really get into it, really go deep. Maybe I'll do it for four or five hours straight, cut videos, go to the video chat, you know, just really get, let it become all consuming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not just a quick wank in the bathroom. Um, and I've had periods of that in my life, you know, partners of mine over the years where jacking off was sort of relegated to the back of the class, where I would just do it in the bathroom when, when he was asleep in the other room, just to get it off. But now, where it's just such a central part of my whole sexual identity, I mean, it's not like a passing um, hobby. It's like, literally, you know, something that I do with gusto every day. You also say in your profile you're an edger and a cum denier you mentioned you could do it for hours they're probably thinking what the hell and can you explain a little bit about edging and the, and the cum denial i think everybody remembers when you were you know a teenage boy maybe you were 13 or so and you first started stroking your cock and masturbating when you were a teenager right if you could last a minute or two that was probably pretty impressive for a 13 year old boy because you just you just pop your loads so fast. The benefit of being 13 is you can do it like four or five or six times a day. Now, I'm now in my mid-50s, and I'm going to be honest with you, I can't do it five or six times a day. 
but I love to keep it going. So what I ended up doing is I just edge my cock, right? Like I just bring it right up to the edge where I might drip a little and it might be like, if I, if I really let it go, I would shoot a load, but my brain can just hold it back. I'll take my hand off and I'll just sort of go right up to the edge, right when you're just about ready to cross the threshold, you know, the point of no return when you can't stop it, like physiologically, you cannot stop it once it starts and just go up and play around with that line, just go and push it. There's an incident in my, when I was a teenager where I discovered the art of edging, right? Like what that was. Whereas I was a regularly adjusted teenage boy who jerked off every day and I popped my load in a minute or two every single time. I had mm-hmm. no control whatsoever. It, it's sort of the background on how I became like uh, an edger and then like a cum denier later on. And that was, I was out with my best friend and we were, we were drinking and we were overnight camping out in the woods. And I came I'm stroking home. right now, by the way. <laughs> It was insane. And the guy, he was, he, he, my, my buddy, John, his name was John. I won't use this last name, but my buddy, John, he was insanely hot. Um, and I was so fucking worked up after this trip. And it was back in the, it was like, I, I was trying to think earlier what year that was. I think it was like either the summer of 1983 or 1984. I, I think I, maybe I was 17. So it was probably 1984. And we were in the Eastern part of the state in the middle of fucking nowhere and we're camping and we're drinking and, and don't don't shame me, but we were drinking Bartles and James wine coolers. I mean <laughs> <laughs> which were like the brand new rage on the market in the early eighties. And so I'm dating myself a bit. And we got hung over. Long story short, we nothing happened between him and me uh, on the trip, but we get home and I came from a really big family. There were seven people who lived in the house. And so it was rare for me to come home and have no one home. But I come home from this trip. I'm a little bit hungover and dehydrated. And there's no one in the house. It's totally alone. I'm like, oh, fuck yes. And I get in there and I go into the shower. And I'm hot because I was in. we were out in the desert in eastern Washington. And, I tur- and slowly I turn the cool water on, right? And I start, my dick starts getting hard. And the, I let the cold water run. But I just pointed the shower head right at my balls. You know, my balls sort of like coming up into my gut. So there I am, <laughs> kicked up against the back wall of the shower, right, with the, with the shower head, just like cold water. Eventually, I just turned the ent- I entirely turned the hot water off. So now I've just got a stream of ice cold water just hitting my balls. And I start stroking my cock. And what I discovered in that moment was that because my nuts were pulled up into my gut, I could stroke this motherfucking cock way longer than two minutes. And I was like, oh shit, this is fucked up good. This feels fucking amazing. And so I just let it rip, man. Like I just started fucking jacking off. And I, I don't really, I honestly, it's been too, too many years, almost 40 years. I don't remember how long I was backed up against that wall, but my recollection is it was a long time. It's a hell of a lot longer than the usual two-minute shot. And that's how I kind of – nobody told me what edging was. Nobody, nobody like, introduced me to what edging was. I discovered it on my own in the shower, in the cold water. I just started getting the fuck into it. I just – as soon as I discovered that, I was like, more please. And I just started fucking edging my cock so that I could make the feeling last and get fucking deep on it. And as a teenage boy, you know, I guess I was 17 then. And then I just started really going at it. 
and really trying to perfect that art. And now, I mean, I just shot a video the other day that's like 32 minutes long, nonstop, fist fucking, nasty fucking masturbation video, you know, and I wasn't even close to losing my load. The years have gone by and I've just sort of mastered the art of taking it right up to the edge, throwing my hand off for a second, maybe grabbing my nuts and then getting right back on my pole. And it doesn't even bother me. I don't even think about it anymore. It's like orgasming over and over and over, isn't it? It is. So here's the other thing, because the earlier part of your question was about being a cum denier. And that is, it, I think of it almost as like an auxiliary to edging. So there are some guys who are edgers, really, really hardcore edgers, right? Like they really do it. Like they'll spend 10 hours on a week on a weekend day stroking their cock and they've edged it all day long and then they'll shoot their load. And then there are psychopaths like me who spend <laughs> 10 hours a day stroking my cock and then I'll just put it away and walk away. I mean, just like, just like psychotic and do it over and over and over again, like day after day after day and just will not let my balls shoot a load. Wow. Um, and there's, a, there are a couple guys on bait world actually who are just as twisted and fucked up as I am on that. And some guys who are even more fucked up than I am in that respect. I mean, I just did a, a 141 day come denial last year. Or earlier this year, I guess. Um, it was from November 9th until I can't remember what day, 141 days after November 9th that I shot a load. And and the reason I got into that a little bit was as I got older, my refractory period, you know, the bounce back period. When you're a teenager, you bounce back in a matter of an hour or two. Right. When you're 50 something, your bounce back can be a couple days. And that sucks. It's a bummer. But when you're a cum denier, you don't have to actually go through that bounce back period. It just gets higher and higher. And you can start um, back up anytime you want. You can start back up anytime you want. That's how I kind of got into cum denying. I will, I will say this. I was not into cum denying before I joined Bait World. Like I was a, always an edger even before I joined Bait World, but I wasn't a cum denier. Cum denial sort of developed as I sort of got more into the community and you know, I th th like I have a video I posted probably 10 years ago now, like my first attempt at it. And it's almost quaint now. It's like I think the video is called 14 Day Come Shot. Hmm. And I, th I thought that was like the, this big accomplishment, right? <laughs> that, that's very big for a lot of people. Yeah. In the come denial world, though, that's like it's almost routine, you know. <laughs> Speaking just, practically, what do you use as lube for this? I mean, you're talking about jerking your dick for hour after hour after hour, what do you use? Yeah, that's, that's a really excellent question. Cause I have three things that I, that I kind of go to, uh, the, the you know, like the, my, the most standard is Alvaline. Mm -hmm. It's a makeup remover. That's just, it's like the perfect grease. And I have to be honest that I never knew about Alvaline until I joined bait world. I didn't mm -hmm. know it was out there. I Me just too. didn't know. Yeah. My best friend on Bay World is a guy named his screen name is Johnny. Mm -hmm. uh, lives in lives in Seattle. Used to live here in San Francisco. He's the one that you know was riding along and introduced me to Bay World. And it was through him that I discovered Albaline. So that's kind of like everybody's go to. Not even everybody's go to, but my go to. And I would say, you know, ninety five percent of the guys who are stroking their cock on Bay World are using Albaline. 
I'm not usually big into like silicon based um, lubricants because there's just not enough friction for them. What do you call it? That um, lube, you know, like a silicon based lube. I don't never use that. But there is a product from Gun Oil that they put out. And I don't know how long it's been on the market, but it's called Stroke 29. And if you'll allow me just to laugh for a second, their little tagline is Can you make it to the 29th stroke? <laughs> 29th? I'm like, 29th stroke, man. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm not even warmed up. <laughs> 29 strokes. Yeah, we can make it to the 29th stroke. <laughs> they better change that number. Right? I was like, the 29,000th, you mean? <laughs> Here's why I like that stuff so much is that it starts off really sticky. It starts mm-hmm. off really tacky. And I love to just tease and and torture my, the head of my the head of my cock. And when I put that sticky stroke 29 straight out of the tube right on the tip of my dick mm-hmm. and I just start working it in my fingertips because it's so sticky and tacky when it starts off the friction is insane and it just makes my dick pop so fast. I fucking love that. Mm. And then you put it on and you put more down your shaft once you got your dick going and it's still sticky. The friction feels great. And then as it warms up, it feels different than Albaline, but it's not as slick as like the lube that you used to use, you know, when you're fucking, um, which has no friction. And then my other go-to, man, I got to be honest with you. I love this shit. I don't care. People laugh at me. I don't give a fuck. Is I love Vaseline. I've got a jar of Vaseline because I love that sticky feel for it. And it's like old school, man. It reminds me of high school. <laughs> I, I just fucking love it, man. <laughs> a little container alive. next to your bed with some hair in it. And... <laughs> Exactly. It's just like being back in high school, man. I went to an all-boys Catholic high school in downtown Seattle. It was like a festival of testosterone, like constantly jacking off. So when something reminds me of high school, I I just dive into it because the the shit that I remember being into in high school, like pit hair and jock straps and <laughs> dirty socks and the smells and all that stuff. And Vaseline, right? Because, I mean, fuck, man, when I was 17, we didn't have Albaline around. We just had Vaseline. You know, that's what we jacked off with. And so it reminds me of high school. Where did you shoot your load when you were at that age? What did you do with the evidence? Oh, God, that's that's such a great question. I had this thing um, when I was in high school. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and so I was a snow skier. I used to snow ski every weekend. And I would always come home like on Saturday night. And again, I lived in a huge, I had a big family and, a, you know, we were, we had a, a modest house and we had a big family. So it was really hard to get private time. Right. And I had to share a room with my Irish twin. So I have an Irish twin who sounds just like me. In fact, when I hear my own voice on a video or something like that, it's like listening to my brother. It's mm. just bizarre. And he's built like I am. He looks like we we used to look like twins when we were younger, although he's black Irish. So he's like a dark black hair and olive skin. So I would have to share a room with him, you know, and he's my basically my age as well. So we both knew what was going on. If I were just, you know, stroking my cock in the room with my younger brother around, you know, I'd just shoot a load and, and there was probably underwear. But when I would come home from skiing, I loved, I had this little ritual where I would go into the bathroom and I would go into the bathtub and draw like a, like a hot bath. 
And it was impossible for me to take one of those hot baths after a day skiing and not stroke my cock a lot. (laughs) And so I would shoot that shit into the water. And then suddenly, you know, you shoot your load and and you no longer have any interest in it at all, right? Like suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, I got to get away from this. (laughs) This is like big cum load floating around. (laughs) So I definitely had to make sure that. So when I was a kid, that's generally where I would do it. I would do it in the bathroom. You know, and shoot it in the uh, would shoot it in the bathroom sink, or if I was in the bathtub, I'd just shoot it in the water. I I used to shoot it in my socks. My poor mother. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical, right? Moms. But the funny thing is, is that moms know this shit. Moms know this stuff. <laughs> they know exactly what's going on. There are a lot of bait groups around. Yeah, they are. They have the well, not so much during the pandemic now, but prior to that, there was the. Uh, San Francisco Jacks, the New York Jacks. There's Healthy Friction, which is which has been going around different places, and of mm-hmm. course there are you know smaller groups from in towns with people privately hosting. Is that something that you're into or no? The answer is no. Believe it or not, I have a hard time in big groups of. I've been to Healthy Friction in Palm Springs once. Enjoyed it. Uh, a couple friends of mine are very active in running it. And which is great, but I, I I have a hard time with that much um, activity, which is also why, as much as I love to cam on the Bait World video chat, rarely do I go into ring rooms or Zoom rooms. When there's like thirty or thirty five guys, just mm-hmm. sort of that chaos. Mm-hmm. That chaos for me is actually not a it's not a positive stimulation. It's actually really hard for me to to get into my groove. Mm-hmm. like that. And so I tend not to go into like ring rooms or zoom rooms and stuff, but I do have a few buddies where we have a really tight knit, like little brotherhood on Skype. So there may be like three or four of us in a Skype and we all know each other. We all know each other's style and all that kind of stuff that I love. That's awesome. Cause it, it can be really satisfying. But the sort of random collection of 30 to 40 guys all in a, in a Zoom room, it's just not something that really gets me going. And so I tend not to go into those for that reason. The in-person stuff like SF Jacks, I've never been to, to those just for the same reason. Like it, it, when, I, when they're like 10, 15 guys around and I don't know them and it's not really an intimate setting, it's sort of like you know maybe in a, in a warehouse space, that doesn't really get me going. However, my buddy Johnny... When he lived here in San Francisco, he would have bait parties over at his house where there were like, you know, seven, eight, nine guys. That was fucking fun. That I loved. So I like it, but it's, but I, it tends to be like a, for me in a little bit of more of an intimate setting mm-hmm. rather than just a big open public, anybody show up type thing. I'm exactly uh, the same way. Are you the same way? Oh, good. I, I, I thought maybe yes. I was alone. <laughs> no, I'm totally... You know, I could be camming and there could be, you know, a hundred people watching. I'm okay with that. They're not actually in the room. But if I go to a group event, you know, in real life, real people standing there, I can't even get hard. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad. I'm, I For a long time, I thought there was absolutely something wrong with me. Like I was well, just maladjusted in some way. And then people think there's something wrong with me. They're, you know, it's it becomes very intimidating and then... I get uncomfortable and then the more uncomfortable I get, the more difficult it is to get hard. So it's, yeah, it's not a good, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I have the same thing for me. Like if I were to go to like a, a big 
like let's say SF Jacks or something here in San Francisco, I would be thinking about the fact that I bet you anything I'm going to have a hard time getting my dick hard at this thing so that it just becomes self-fulfilling. You know, mm-hmm. I'll walk in and my dick will absolutely not get hard because I've been obsessing about how it's not going to get hard <laughs> for hours before I show up. <laughs> right. Um, and I, you know, it was bummer because I've been to pool parties down in Palm Springs, great group of people, et cetera. And it's the same thing. It's just the, it's kind of just the same thing. It doesn't matter. Even if I drop a Viagra, it doesn't matter. It's more like a mental block than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get it. I get it. When you are playing in person with people, does it ever turn into something else? Or when you get together with another baiter, you know it's going to end or it begins and ends with baiting. It doesn't become oral. Nobody's going to fuck anyone. Or, or can that happen? That has happened. You know, right before the pandemic hit, so that would have been in like late February of this year, 2020, I'm, I, I met someone on, on Bait World, so fucking blazing hot, right? Like just beautiful, like everything that I'm not, like dark skin, hair, hairy and beautiful body hair, right? Like I have none of that. I love hair, big, hairy men. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just, I love the things oh. that I'm not. I'm just attracted to, yeah, right? I'm just attracted to things that I don't have. And so thick, you know, body hair is just a, it's just a trigger for me. And the two of us got together and it was just explosive. It was so fucking good. Sucking dick, fucking stroking, you know, it was all, it was just burn the house down. And that's great. You know, I love it. So I'm all, I'm totally open to that. Jacking off and masturbation is a central part of my identity. But if you put the right chemical in, uh, it's I, and I let things go wherever they're going to go. Right? I thoroughly enjoyed that weekend. We got like a little Airbnb north of the city, and just you know, just you know, when you when you meet somebody the first time, it's kind of boring to just like entertain them in your apartment or mm-hmm. your house. You know what I mean? Your familiar surrounding. So we just got an Airbnb up on the coast, and it just turned into like this awesome experience. Just so fucking hot, and it was great. So yeah, sometimes that happens. Not always, but you know, sometimes it does. What about cum? A lot of guys when they're jerking off, they're tasting their pre-cum. A lot of guys who will shoot and eat their load. Is that Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. I love when guys do that. Like I have big drips, you know, because I'm like a cum denier, my it's always really close to the top. So I'll get like big dew drops that come out. I love the taste of my own, of my own cum. I put it right in, right on the tip of my tongue, man. I love to taste that. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking delicious. And I have, since I was a teenager, I've been eating my own, I've been eating my own spunk since I was a teenager. You know, I think just the thing, the thing I love about it is I just love the community of masturbators. So the guys who are really into it really get it. They're not like tourists. They're, they're coming to set up shop and they're going to like jack off. And when you get guys like that who like really know how to handle their dick, really know how to, to, to get into it, who really know how to get into that mental space, mm-hmm. it can be extremely satisfying, really. But, you know, this is interesting. Just just riffing with you. Something just hit me. I was talking about somebody earlier today. Um, I was just chatting with somebody on Skype. And the funny thing is, is that there's a whole sort of segment of guys who are into gooning right oh yeah like yeah, yeah. so we haven't um, covered that monkey baiting yeah we haven't covered that i, I haven't <laughs> covered it because 
because I, as much as of a masturbator as I am, I'm not a gooner, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't stick my tongue out and there's some guys who. Yeah. Let's, let's explain that to our listeners. What, what gooning is. Gooning is you just start drooling and your tongue sticks out, your eyes roll back and you're just fucked up on the shit. And you're so into it and you're off on another space. They almost look like a monkey who's just sitting in a tree, just like fucking Mm -hmm. wanking his dick, you know, and you've lost all perspective and you're just really rolling with it. And there's some guys who are really into that goon space where their tongue's out and they're just like making almost primate or primal noises. I'm not that kind of baiter. Um, I'm not a gooner. I want to back up, just uh, share something. As far as the cum goes, I I'm into my own pre-cum. Uh, I don't typically want to eat my own load after I shoot because then the whole the energy's gone. That whole interest in it, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it to entertain someone I'm with if they want to see that. But yeah. what I do really like if I'm baiting with someone in person is eating their load after they shoot. Makes me crazy. Right, that, that's hot as fuck. Right, that's a bonding thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's hot. And then there's a speaking of bonding things too. And I read an I, mean, I read an article in the New York Times probably within the last three or four months about gay men and and pit smells, right? Like the your, the hairy underarms. Mm-hmm. And there's some science on about how gay guys can tell other gay guys just from the scent. You know, it's just like actual scientific article. And I thought that was so fascinating because I have been into men's pits and pit hair and the smell of that that musky smell in a man's pits mm-hmm. for since i was a teenager and there was an interesting article i can't remember the whole the whole thing about it but it's actually some science around men who bond with other men and being into pits and d- don't ask me to quote the study go look it up on google new york times <laughs> men's pit it's like, but anyway, it's this really interesting article. I was like, oh, fuck, man, there's some science here. Big surprise. Because there's some guys who are just so into, you know, different, different things like that, you know, man, I mean? scent. Like, man scent. And I am into like not showering. I think I think I say this on my bait world profile, mm-hmm. big into I don't I, I don't have a rank stench. So I can go like three or four days without taking a shower. No problem. And I love the the just the smell of it. It just works me up. This is where I think I'm weird because so many guys are into, I guess you'd call it man scent. I like soap and water clean. That's Do you? Yeah. I like That's- things very clean. Some of my listeners now are going, oh, shit. Just <laughs> took the whole fantasy away. <laughs> so I have this, um, I remember, God, I was probably in my 20s, right? Like when I was first coming out. and yeah, You know, when you're first coming out in your early 20s or whenever it was that you came out. And you have your first group of gay friends and you're sitting at a party and it's liberating. It's a lot of fun because you can talk with other guys about things that you kept to yourself for all the time that you were growing up and you were in the closet and no one knew and you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I remember posing a question at like a small party with some of my closest friends. I was like, okay, guys, let's say that you come upon a roofer who's like roofing the house in the middle of summer, sweaty, no shirt, hot as fuck. Do you make him take a shower? Or do you just go right at it? And they're like, oh, no, I want to make him take a shower. <laughs> like, like oh, <laughs> fuck you all, man. Like the, 
the nasty grease monkey. I'm going right up on the roof, man. I'm going to suck that motherfucker's dick right away. No fucking shower for me, man. I want to, I want to smell all of that. You know, I love that. I love that scent sort of that nasty musky hasn't taken a shower scent. And now not when it's rank and putrid, but just like, I'm not one of those guys who wants you to take a shower. I'm okay if you just you skip the shower after the gym and come over to my place. It's all good. Is there anything you think we haven't covered related to the whole bait community? No, I think we've done a I've done, I think we've done a pretty good job, man. We've covered it all. It's been fun. Well, thank you very much for sharing so much of yourself. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It's been great. I appreciate it. For more information about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, Visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. You'll find Sexual Heroes on Apple, iTunes, Google, Spotify, and many others. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.